Welcome to Cautious Optimism, an infertility podcast. We are three friends eternally bonded by our individual heartaches with infertility. Join us each week as we discuss the ups and downs that often accompany the road to parenthood. Here's to hoping for the best and being cautiously optimistic about the future. Hello, everyone. We are into August. I can't believe how fast the summer has flown by and we have missed you all. We're sorry we took a little break, but it's been (laughs) enjoyable. We've been enjoying our summer, but we have missed you and we are so excited to get back and reunite with one another to catch up on life. We have a lot of life updates that will be coming very soon. And so... We won't disappear on you again, (laughs) but we hope you've all had a very enjoyable summer. Um, When we were discussing about what we wanted to first talk about uh, as we've returned, because there's so many things we want to talk about, um, Carly suggested something called infertility brain, and Chelsea and I kind of looked at each other and laughed because we knew exactly what she was referring to. <laughs> and so if you're laughing right now with us um, and know exactly what that means already, we're sorry because it's not something we totally want to understand, but it's a very real thing. So Carly, Um, Can you help us explain further what infertility brain means to you? I guess I can try. I think it's it's kind of a hard one to explain. Don't you feel like? Because if you... I'm sure layers. Yes. I think each of us could probably explain it differently, how we felt it differently. So that's probably what you'll hear from us today. And hopefully you can relate. Those of you who have experienced infertility or loss or something difficult that's similar. Um, But in my mind, I think I've realized in the last few years, how much PTSD I've experienced with the treatments that I've had that have failed or like trying again and not working and trying another time and it not working in a different way. And I think that really takes a toll on your mental health way more than I ever expected it to. And so I think for me, what infertility brain has meant or how I would define it is any thought related to how do I say this? I wish I had a dictionary for my mind because they're like that <laughs> defined it and I could just read it. But anything that's related to pregnancy or family planning or trying again or, you know, the thought of doing IVF again or anything in that realm, I automatically go to a place of that's not going to be me. I will never experience that. I'm only apt to have things that don't work out. Like worst case scenario. Disappointment is my definition of my life, you know, which is so sad. And I know that's not the definition of my life, but my brain makes me think that way. So it's just interesting how it's just plagued. I feel like I have this like color, colored glasses almost. Like what is it? Rose colored glasses. Is that when you see everything great? Yeah. (laughs) It's almost opposite of that. Yeah, Black where it's like green and nasty grossness that I see for my future and for my life. And I think that's something I'm really trying to work on. Um, but I am I know there's people that relate. I hope there's people that relate. I know Karen and Chelsea can relate, but mm-hmm. we just want to talk about how that's still a real thing. And I mean, I'd love to hear from anybody who's experienced this that are our listeners to kind of how you would define it, because I think it's different for all of us. Yeah, I think it's... Also a hard pattern to get out of. Yeah. Because. It's a habit almost. Yeah. Like I have noticed I'm not in the thick of infertility right now because 
we just had Arlo and, you know, we adopted um, Oliver, but I, my infertility brain can't shut off. And I'm like, something bad's going to happen to them. Or Oliver just recently had surgery for, um, he had a tracheostomy and a G-tube and he had surgery because he's doing so well and he doesn't need those anymore. And I was like, James, what if he has like a massive post-op infection and he has to be like hospitalized? And he's like, why would you ever go to that place? Like, but I just, like you said, it's almost like you go to like worst case scenario and doom and gloom because that's all I've ever expected from my life, but I need to like realize no good things do happen to me. Like Arlo is here and safe and sound. Safe and sound. And it was actually crazy. My our surrogate, our gestational carrier just texted me yesterday and was like, Happy embryo transfer anniversary. And I mean, we're one year past our embryo transfer and she's doing great. And you know, Arlo's here and it's just so good things happen, but I still am in this, it's almost like a pattern of behavior I need to switch out of. Yeah. And thinking. Yeah. I think it's habit for sure. It's just what our minds do. Yeah. And I think to also highlight that this infertility brain could stem from us trying to make the best of our situation, which was infertility. Yeah. And so also it was us trying to do something good because we were in that survival mode. We were constantly disappointed. We were constantly heartbroken and still trying to navigate life and try our best to find joy and happiness, but yet still dealing with constant and like negative things and really, really heavy and hard things. So you, like you all explained, get into this habit of just expecting that because that's all you've ever known. And it's really hard. And I think when I think of infertility brain, it almost, I think of identity. We talk a lot about how we don't want to be identified as infertile or that's who we are when people think about us. But then on one hand, it's almost so ingrained in us it's hard to distinguish like what's what Mm -hmm. and I've noticed and I've talked a lot about my journey through infertility which is very different from Chelsea's and Carly's when I've had good things happen like the birth of my son Leon it was so hard to embrace a good outcome yeah And it was weird. And there's sometimes guilt associated with that. There's sometimes identity loss or crisis. You know, I think everyone experiences some form of identity crisis as chapters come and go in their lives and you embrace a new chapter and try to accept the joy or the good or the bad. So if you have infertility brain, almost try to look at it as you're doing your very best to navigate what has been given to you. So it's not negative, but it's also really hard as the chapters come and go to accept good and, you know, not live in that constant fear, but it is real. Like it's that PTSD for real. I know Carly shared quotes or books or things that have really helped explain that it does change things inside of your brain that is real PTSD alike to and not not comparing but alike to a terminal diagnosis Mm -hmm. and illness which was so enlightening to me to think wow like addressing my brain sometimes when I'm frustrated with myself why can't I 
enjoy this moment and not give in to the fear or whatnot and just realizing it's because we've been through a lot of trauma Mm -hmm. and it's hard and it's going to be lifelong. Even though I had a successful pregnancy, I went on to have several more losses. And so statistically, it was still like, I have really bad odds. (laughs) But yet I do know that it can work out. And so dealing with more pregnancies each time, and sometimes it's hard for others who haven't experienced my shoes in my shoes, like to not give in to the fears and anxieties. It's like, okay, but I, I still, all I, most of my situations our loss and heartache. So mm-hmm. each pregnancy is very, it's hard and it's full of infertility brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I just, I think too, I've tried to explain to my mom and my sister about what is happening in my mind with certain things or others, you know, when. Good luck. <laughs> I know. And like they're, everyone so tries to, to be so understanding and it's like, we all try to empathize, but honestly, no one's going to know the shoes you've walked in, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're your unique shoes. It's your unique trial. So when trying to explain where my head is, sometimes I think it doesn't always make sense to people. Um, I look back at like when I've had, you know, positive pregnancy tests with transfers and it's like people want to celebrate with you and be like, oh my gosh, look, it's positive. Like you're there, you've made it. And I'm like, oh no, I have not made it. Like, (laughs) let me, let me tell you what happened last time, you know? And so I think we base our emotions off of our past experiences, which duh, of course that's what we're going to do. But it is sometimes because it's frustrating because you do feel guilt because you're like, oh, my gosh, my excitement and my joy should match everyone else's around me. But then I think you have to give yourself some grace and be like, you know, I have been through a lot. You know, our listeners, you've been through a lot and there's nothing wrong with protecting your heart and that cautious optimism. I think infertility brain goes along with the (laughs) lovely name of our podcast, Cautious Optimism. And I think a lot of times we think it's such a negative thing to have this infertility brain. But I think if we can flip it and make it turn it into a cautious optimism, Mm -hmm. that's what I try to do. And I think I'm not good at it still. But I think if we can turn it for the better side of things, like I realize that things can go one way or another with whatever you're facing. But my cautious part might sound a little negative, but it's also there's optimism in there too. You know, I think that's what we need to try to turn our infertility brain into is like cautious optimism. Like, yeah, it's hard sometimes. And sometimes you just have to let the negative, you know, flood out and let it do its thing. But then there'll be a point when we hope that hope can flood in and you'll feel the optimistic side of it too. At some point, you know, we don't know when that will be always, but yeah. (laughs) Have I given this analogy on the podcast before? If I have, then I guess this will just be a rerun. A rerun. (laughs) But I had been given this analogy one time about, I was just like, I wish I could just forget everything that I've had experienced in my past that has hurt me or caused me pain. So I could just let it go, you know, because sometimes it's really hard to let that go, whether it be pain from infertility or trauma from, you know, another really emotionally difficult experience or, you know, heartbreak from a relationship and I, someone told me this and it is always it, like, they told me this probably 15 years ago and it stuck with me. They were like, you know, think about it. If you're driving a car, if you only focused on your rear view mirror, that would be a really scary way to drive. Like you're only looking in your rear view mirror because you're really only looking at what's behind you. And 
then they said, but also, if you only looked ahead at what was in front of you, that would also be a really scary way to drive because you're not aware of your surroundings and what's behind you. And so he said, it's really good for us to look at life that way, that our experiences aren't meant to live there and dwell there. And our hope for the future is also not to live there and dwell there, but to kind of see them as a symbiotic relationship to help us explore and live our life with cautious optimism in a way (laughs) that helps us remain optimistic, but gives us those checkpoints of, I have experienced disappointment and loss. And so I'm not going into this with a naive attitude or a mentality that just doesn't see the reality of what could be my situation. And I just love that perspective. And it's really been imprinted on my heart for forever. And it can apply to every situation, really. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that, Chelsea. And it makes me think about this book my mom recommended to me recently. It's called The Choice. And I'm in the middle of it, but it's been so empowering and kind of goes along with that. Um, It's about it. The author is a survivor of the Holocaust. And I know there's a lot of books like that, but this one is so empowering as she focuses on the choices that we still have and how much power our minds have where and it's made me think a lot like wow all that she went through and how she's still been able to find joy and choose happiness and I think about the people in my life and some of the happiest most joyful people are most often are the ones who've been through some of the hardest things that this life has to offer and it makes me think and reflect deeply on how do they accomplish that? You know, even when we look in the mirror and sometimes are thick in a moment of infertility brain and just realizing I still have the choice. I am aware what my past and that rear view mirror shows, Mm -hmm. but looking at myself and saying, I still have the choice, you know, and in this last one, my last pregnancy, I remember feeling um, telling people the news or where I was at and the celebration, like Carly explained and feeling like I couldn't match that or be there. And I chose in that moment, I was like, I'm so glad you're celebrating. Thank you for celebrating for me. And it was kind of funny. And I found a lot of peace in that moment. And even though that might sound weird to someone, I, I kind of rode with that through that last pregnancy because I was just like, I don't know how to feel right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. But the celebration was so fun to live through someone. I was like, thanks mm-hmm. for celebrating for yeah. me. And they were kind of mm-hmm. like, uh, okay. You're like, why aren't you jumping up and yeah. down? Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, this is great. We'll see, right? <laughs> yeah. <Woo-hoo>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. I like that you talked about choice. I think that's a really powerful word is – And my sweet mom, who always helps me, (laughs) helps me ground myself, talked a lot about that. Like, you're in charge of yourself. Like, you can choose. Granted, emotions come and go, right? Like, it's it's hard to control our emotions, but we do have the choice to dwell on things that have been hard for us or future things that we hope for. And I was just thinking when you were talking, Chelsea, like, our past experiences, I feel like a lot of times they define us. At least I feel like that. Mm -hmm. I feel like everything that's happened in the last six years defines who I am and it will always define who I am. But I also 
um, learning the perspective that they refine us so much and they don't need to define our future experiences. And I just think define and refine. I'm like, those are good words. I need to like remember those. Yeah. Um, but I think too that our lives will never be without hard things. I think there is always hope for a better time in our lives, but I do think sometimes you get through one hard thing and then you're met with a new hard thing. And I think that's just what life's about. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think we're just here to progress and conquer one mountain at a time. Um, and so for me, something that I'm trying to be better at is be happy in the now because we don't know what our future now looks like. We don't know what the, you know, we know what the present is and it's really hard to be happy sometimes in our grief and our hard things and infertility is so difficult and it's the worst and we wouldn't wish not anybody, right? But there are those moments of joy, like Karen talked about, like if someone's celebrating, let's just celebrate if you if you feel like it for a second, but then you can be, go home and have your fear, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think being happy now is such a powerful thought, even though it's not always easy. Yeah. I mean, I think you guys are, I feel like I have such a hard time not dwelling in the past and being negative. Well, we, we can, and we're so, all talk here sometimes. I, I mean, I think it's I'm easy like, to say it, but we're not always that great I'm at like, it. I'm like, oh man, I really need to work on something. No, you don't. And my Jill. husband probably would agree with that, but I'm working on it. And I love when you were saying refine and define. And I think there's a learning process to like, let that change happen and not let it define you, but let it refine you. And I think I kind of look at self-growth as like not a perpetual like line, like it's going to be up and down, but as long as the trajectory is overall going up, then you're doing a good job. And I kind of feel like that's where I'm at right now. Like I am trying to do those things. I'm trying to look at it from a point of view where I'm like, okay, like I don't need to like just dwell in these unhappy and miserable, that pattern of behavior can change. And so I think maybe that pattern of behavior changing is letting it not define me, but refine me. So I really like that, Carly. I think that was a, a little takeaway that I need to take spiritually, <laughs> yeah, spiritually in my heart and let that kind of sit and dwell with me because, yeah, I think it, I am so grateful for where I'm at right now and I have kind of just like been in this place of almost foreboding joy and not letting myself like fully feel it feel it and that's difficult for me to reconcile because I've wanted it for so long and so I think I need to let go of the defining of it and let it refine me and then I think maybe that foreboding joy can kind of dissipate away and I can just feel some joy. Yeah, you deserve to. That's for sure. I think that's such an eternal truth that I am grateful that infertility teaches us over and over again mm -hmm. that how often are we saying or thinking, I'll be happy when, I'll be mm -hmm. happy you know, when these circumstances are here or when this is when my I reach reality. this milestone. And infertility is hard because mm -hmm. there is a very clear path that we're trying to get through. And that is to bring our family and our children here. And it's really hard along the way not to think, oh, that is when I will have full happiness. And realizing in each phase that 
there are hardships and they look Mm -hmm. differently and sometimes are unexpected and we have these expectations Mm -hmm. and constantly trying to grapple with the fact that sometimes expectations aren't met, but I still choose to be happy or choose to make the best. And like Carly said, to be happy in the present because we never know what lies ahead, but learning that eternal truth and practicing that ability to find the joy and cling to that, even when we're still processing the trauma is something we will have to practice our entire lives. And I Mm -hmm. think also it's back to the comparison game where sometimes it's hard not to compare thinking when you are in the thick of infertility brain, thinking no one understands how hard I have it. And it's a real feeling. And it's okay if you're feeling that because when you look at someone else's life thinking it appears perfect and they seem joyful, this this chapter of my current life is really teaching me to overcome some of those habits of comparing, you know, my hardships to others and embracing that joy. And if you are on a high part of life to allow that joy, God wants us to have joy and you know, he he loves us at every phase that we're in and if we can't always tap into that joy, um, it's okay, but trying not to compare again, I know it's much easier said than done, but I'm grateful for these eternal truths that we get to practice through this journey of infertility brain, if that makes sense. It's definitely a learning experience. (laughs) I think we're all just striving. I mean, none of us are perfect, right? I I say I'm working on these things, but half the time I'm like, oh, this is just the worst. Failing what you're saying. (laughs) Um, I was trying to find this quote from one of my favorite um, general authorities of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. His name's Dieter F. Uchtdorf. And he had a um, address he gave at one of our church's conferences, and it was called Of Regrets and Resolutions. And it's just, I think it's just such a good quote, but it says, so often we get caught up in the illusion that there is something just beyond our reach that would bring us happiness, a better family situation, a better financial situation, or the end of a challenging trial. The older we get, the more we look back and realize that external circumstances don't really matter or determine our happiness. We do matter. We determine our happiness. And I just love that because I think that's a reminder we all need that it's up to us to find the joy and it will come. It's not easy by any means, but we talk about this a lot. There's always something to be grateful for, which I know sounds so cliche, but I really do think it's true that through the hard things, through the challenges that you think you're never going to get out of that, there is something that can bring you that small ounce of joy that can help you keep going and If you're in the thick of infertility brain, like we have each experienced in our own way, we feel it with you and send us a message and we can talk it through with you and vent with you because that's what we're here for. And we just want to say that we we hope we have related to you in a way that makes sense and that you can find that joy and the cautious optimism through those negative moments sometimes because we're all just trying our best and trying to make it through this challenging experience. So, but we're so glad to be back with you guys and we look forward to sharing some more updates on our lives that have been going on in the next couple episodes. So, 
we're going to try to be more consistent with putting out episodes for you guys. It's just been a little crazy, but guess who's back with a brand new chat? <laughs> yeah. Chelsea's going to rap for us on the yeah, next that one. Yeah, that coming in hot. She's coming in hot. Okay, thanks everyone. <laughs>